top of the inning to you. Welcome to the Irish Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Irish American Baseball Society. If you love baseball and if you love Ireland, stay tuned for a discussion of all things Irish baseball. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Irish Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Becker. When we started this show, it was very different. Things have certainly evolved since that inaugural episode on January 10th of 2021. However, that launch date means that this is the two-year anniversary of the Irish Baseball Podcast. Thank you so much to all of the listeners and the guests that we've had on the show over the past few years. I especially want to thank John Fitzgerald, founder of the Irish American Baseball Society, for working with me to make sure this continues to grow. Let's make sure that 2023 is our best year yet. In episode 51, I started my conversation with Shane Barclay, who runs the travel company Japan Ball. You can find them at japanball.com to look at baseball-related vacation trips, but he's here today to continue talking about the World Baseball Classic. Shane also works for the WBC, which is set to resume play during spring training. In addition to sites around the world, the United States will be hosting World Baseball Classic action in Phoenix, Arizona and Miami, Florida. Let's welcome Shane back to the show. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Rick. Good to be back. Us being a production of the Irish American Baseball Society, we have a lot of people who are Irish American, but it's going back to relatives who are from Ireland. One of the unique aspects of the World Baseball Classic is it's not just people who were born in those countries who can play for the countries. And a lot of times your background, your heritage, I believe it's if there's a grandparent who was born there or who is a citizen, there are some different rules for who qualifies for this team. So you can have players making a decision whether they want to play for the United States or play for the Dominican Republic. And that has a lot to do with family ties and relationships, or it can have to do with where they fit better on the roster. So do you think that the qualification rules have created a unique storyline to go along with this tournament? Without a doubt. Yeah. And and this is a topic that I'm interested in because, uh, well, it's really a big part of my job actually is the player approval process for WBC. So I, I'm very familiar with how it works. And I guess before I kind of comment on how it makes it more interesting to answer your question, I'll just kind of specify because I think the general fan probably doesn't really know exactly how it works. And so just to, to clear it up. So the rules basically state uh, in order to represent uh, WBC, uh, you know, a federation team in the WBC, uh, you can be, a citizen of the country, of course, you know, that's, that's a standard one. Um, one of your parents is a citizen of the country. You can be a permanent legal resident of the country, or you can be eligible for citizenship of that country. And that last one is the one that really kind of expands the, the pool of available players. If you're eligible for citizenship of the country. Um, so for example, um, Italy has really loose citizenship laws. Essentially, if you have anyone in your bloodline that was Italian, you're eligible to become an Italian citizen. And that's how Italy 
is able to get guys on their team. Basically anyone with an Italian last name is eligible to play. And you have to show, you know, that you have the, you can, you have to be able to trace your ancestry via legal documents back to someone from Italy. Um, so it's not, it's not actually that you just have to have Italian last name, but that's basically how it is. Right. And um, you know, another country is Israel, right. They have pretty loose citizenship rules in that, Basically, if you or someone in your family or one of your parents is uh, Jewish and, you know, Jewish could be is a religion, basically, and it's like kind of a mix between, um, you know, ancestry and religion. But if you can prove that, then you're eligible for Israeli citizenship. And that's how Team Israel is able to, to really get a good quality team, too. On the other hand, you have teams like um, China or, or Japan. Uh, they have pretty strict citizenship laws. It's really difficult to become a citizen of those countries. Even if your grandparent was born there, was a citizen or a citizen or your parent was, if you weren't born there, then um, you're not, you're not eligible for citizenship. You know, they have very strict requirements. So therefore their team can't pool from as wide of a, a, uh, a pool of potential players. And uh, so, you know, I, I think it's really, I'm a big fan of that rule because it allows for, you know, a lot more talent to participate. You know, at the end of the day, you know, baseball is a global game, but a team like Israel or a team, even a team like team Italy uh, wouldn't really be able to, to field a team that could compete at this level without a rule like this. And so I think until baseball gets to that point in those countries, you need to have a little bit looser eligibility rules and it just makes for a much more exciting tournament with, with more players that you recognize. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. And I, I do definitely understand that some countries may feel that it's not fair for them. Right. Like is they want maybe a, a team only can pick from players who were born in their country and, or, or who had a parent who was born in their country because those are our rules. But um you know, they can't necessarily get a player whose grandparent was a citizen and whereas another team could. So I, it, it, there's some potential for, you know, some teams thinking it's not quite fair, but at the end of the day, you know, the WBC's goal is try to have as high level tournament as possible. And, and that's a way to kind of meet that goal. This is just off the top of my head, but I believe in the first WBC, Mike Piazza played for team Italy. Am I correct? Yep. You are correct. And now he's their manager. Actually, he will be in, in March. So I do think that adds a really unique aspect to the tournament because maybe a, you would have players that you wouldn't necessarily think playing for a particular country, but B it allows more major league baseball players to be a part of the tournament Italy wouldn't be loaded with MLB players if they didn't have that loose rule. I mean, they're still really not loaded with MLB players, oh but if they didn't have a rule like that, they never would have had Mike Piazza. So that does add a really cool aspect to this. So with all of the delays that have happened because of the pandemic, are you finding that the excitement has built up? where when they were doing this every three to four years, maybe it was sort of springing up on people and they weren't paying attention, but now the eyes of the world are really, really on this tournament. I think definitely that has happened to an extent. 
I think that I still wish it wasn't delayed as much because there was some good momentum coming out of 2017. It really had a lot of attention, especially in the U.S. with Team USA winning. It really caught a lot of people's attention. Some of the games um, in the earlier rounds were just electric, you know, with the Dominican team and um, the Miami venue last year was really exciting. And, you know, so I was really excited to get back at it as quickly as possible. Um, so I wouldn't, I guess I would answer like this. I don't think it's necessarily built up extra because of the delays with COVID, but I think it's maintained and the interest is just as strong as it was last time we left off. And, um, you know, I, I, like I said, with these players committing early on, um, some of the biggest players and it's still trickling in. Like I saw Clayton Kershaw just announced he was going to play, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's building up and people are fired up for sure. And obviously every federation has their different ideas of what is important to them and whether being a part of the world baseball classic is important to them, or if they want to focus on some of the other international competitions and there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that have to do with Ireland. I know a lot of people at the Irish American Baseball Society are hoping that eventually Ireland is able to progress to the point that they can be a part of something like this. As somebody who has that Irish heritage and understands how big Irish heritage is in the United States, do you think even if they could put together a team like Israel or Italy that maybe doesn't compete at the highest levels of this tournament but shows up in qualifiers and can at least be a part of the early stages of the tournament do you think that would be good for both the tournament and for the national team yeah I definitely do and you know I think that the the ideal model for these countries that are you know non-traditional baseball countries is that you have, you know, youth programs and, and some quality coaching and, and, and hopefully opportunities for guys who really want to pursue it to really like uh, at, at the high level to develop their talents. Um, but in, while that kind of pipeline is hopefully growing, you know, you're able to find guys who have heritage. You know, if you're able to find guys who have Irish heritage, who are eligible for citizenship, who have a parent who was born in, in Ireland, um, then yeah, use those guys to kind of lift you from the top and, and kind of get some, uh, you know, get some credibility and some, some wins uh, on and these international tournaments. And then hopefully you're fortifying the team with, um, you know, national uh, players who um, maybe are at, at this point ready to be the stars of the team, but can get that experience and can kind of see the potential um, of what could, could happen if, if they really keep furthering their game and you're mixing those guys. And then eventually, hopefully you get to the point where you can kind of just have your, your whole team is with, um, you know, grown homegrown players. And, you know, it's a long process, but, you know, you see teams like uh, the Czech Republic and Great Britain who qualified this year. Um, the Czechs did it with pretty much, I think all but a couple of their guys are born in the Czech Republic, which is pretty amazing. Um, they they really just came together as a team, and and they have some high quality players as well. But you know, no MLB players, um, some minor league players, but no no major league players. Um, Great Britain more followed the model that I mentioned. They have some guys 
who uh, are high level that, you know, were not born and raised um, in Great Britain, but they were able to um, get them on their team and kind of lead them from the top. And then they have a number of guys who are uh, born and raised in the UK and, and, and contributed to the team qualifying for the event. So it's definitely something that can be done. Uh, it takes a lot of investment, takes a lot of, um, you know, I know there's not a lot of money in, available in international baseball in a lot of these countries. So it's not an easy thing to obtain, but you know, the world baseball classic has expanded um, this time around and, you know, there's more opportunities to get there. And I think that, um, you know, with the European championships and these other tournaments that happen around, um, around the way, there's, there's definitely the, you, you can envision the path to getting to this level. Shane Barclay of Japan Ball, thank you so much for being on the show again. This was a great conversation. I'm so excited for this tournament. Thanks, Rick. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited too. I hope that, uh, that anyone who's listening is hopefully able to get out there and, and watch um, a game, a World Baseball Classic game. I'll be working at the Phoenix and Miami venues. There's also uh, Tokyo and Taiwan where games are going to be played. If anywhere, wherever you are in the world, if you can get out to a WBC game, um, it's a really awesome experience. I highly recommend it. Japan Ball, you know, like I said, japanball.com. Uh, we're on social media. If you find, if you're going to go to a game, let me know. Send me a message on social media or, or Shane at japanball.com is my email address. And I'd love to say hi to you. Um, at the World Baseball Classic this coming March. This has been episode 52 of the Irish Baseball Podcast. I'm Rick Becker. Thank you so much for making this a wonderful two years for us at the Irish American Baseball Society to share our love of the Emerald Isle and the greatest game on the planet. For more information on the IABS or to look at Irish baseball merchandise, head to irishbaseball.org. This is the Irish Baseball Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Irish Baseball Podcast. The Irish Baseball Podcast is a production of the Irish American Baseball Society. Visit us online at irishbaseball.org and connect with us on social media. And remember, there's no place like home.